Just one last reminder, this homily is rated PG-13 by the ratings agencies, so seriously, parents, if you want your, your young one to step out into the hall, the speakers are off out there, and so they can do so now. In a recent survey conducted by a high school in the United States, parents were asked, does your son or daughter look at internet pornography on a regular basis? 15% of parents responded yes, just 15%. My son or daughter looks at internet pornography on a regular basis. 85% responded no, or I'm not sure. The same school also asked the students, so the, the children of these parents, do you look at internet pornography on a regular basis? Their response was precisely the opposite. 80% of the students responded yes, they look at internet pornography on a regular basis. Just 20% said no. Clearly, and in a very scary way, there was a big gap between what the parents thought their kids were doing on the internet and with their phones and what they were actually doing on the internet. It's uncomfortable to talk about. It's uncomfortable to even think about. But however uncomfortable it is to think about, the use of pornography and the prevalence of pornography and the availability of pornography in our society is huge, and it's an issue. It's essential for all of us to understand just how prevalent it's become and how available it's become and how damaging it is for our young ones and for our families, for our marriages, for our church, for our society, and most importantly, for our souls. And it's not just the church talking about it either. A, a health official recently said, pornography has become a worldwide epidemic. More than 10 states in the US have already declared pornography usage as a public health crisis. It's for this reason that all parishes throughout the Diocese of Bismarck have named today Safe Haven Sunday, meaning that our homes would be safe havens from this epidemic. Although in Bismarck, as my dad always says, we're usually a day late and a dollar short from the rest of the world, the bigger urban world, you might say, we don't live in Mayberry. These challenges are just as common here as they are anywhere else in our world. I would like to focus on three main areas today. First, on 10 very sobering statistics Second, a few practical steps to make your homes and families a safe haven. And third, a word of encouragement for anyone here who personally struggles with pornography use. First, 10 sobering numbers. 12% of all websites are pornographic. That's one in eight. Think about how huge the internet is. One in eight websites are pornographic. 25% of all search engine requests are for pornography. That's one in four. Google, Bing, any kind of search engine request. One in four is for pornography. 40 million America, Americans are regular users of pornography. 93% of boys and 62% of girls are exposed to pornography before the age of 18. 70% of men visit a pornographic website at least once per month. One in three users of pornography are women. 
65% of young men or women view pornography at least every week. The largest consumer of internet pornography are children between the ages of 12 and 17. 75% of children said their parents have never discussed internet pornography with them. In 56% of divorce cases, half of divorce cases, name pornography usage as one reason for the divorce. Last, mental health experts have even noticed similarities in behavior and even the way the brain looks from a neuroscience perspective between pornography addiction and other substance addictions like alcohol or hard drugs like cocaine. These numbers are painful and they're shocking. For me to read them one by one, right after the other, even right now, I feel a little numb. But unfortunately, parents, the average, the average age of exposure is something like 11 to 13 years old. Somewhere between 11 to 13 years old. That's the average age of first exposure. Unfortunately, parents, we just need to assume, based on statistics, that your child has been exposed, and that your middle school and high school age child might already have a regular habit of use. Unfortunately, plain statistics say it probably is affecting your child. Don't let the not my child thought, or the that's someone else's child, don't let that thought affect you from the necessary, or keep you from the necessary steps of finding out whether it is your child to actually find out and take the necessary steps to help them and prevent the issue from getting worse. This issue is so large and it's so pervasive that proactivity in every circumstance is needed by all of us. Readiness to acknowledge a problem in our world, even our little world of Bismarck, is needed so that we can acknowledge reality because it's the reality out there, and to deal with reality. I'm confident, I'm confident that we're all on the same page about the morality and the wrongness of pornography. I'm confident of that. But just to get specific about why it is in fact an issue, why pornography is not a victimless, victimless crime, and why we need more clicks between us and more protection for us, more protection between us and it. Here's a list of a few reasons why it's serious and wrong. First, pornography use is enslaving. Persons with regular use want to get out, and they can't. It ensnares them. It enslaves them. And it takes from them, especially young people. What does it ensnare them from? From everything that's joyful and fulfilling about life. They never get to experience that or at least they experience it in a muted way. It negatively impacts dating, marriage, and family life. And in fact, pornography use makes it nearly impossible for a young person to discern a vocation in the priesthood or religious life, or even make a good decision about whom they are to marry. Pornography is fake, ultimately. It's false, it's unreal. And it makes a person unable to be real or to experience real commitment or to experience real 
relationships. And so they're rendered incapable of a fulfilling marriage or fulfilling vocation to the priesthood or religious life. It robs children of their God-given innocence. The first exposure that I just mentioned, it isn't usually because the children are looking for it. It's just so available and it's so out there and it's so prevalent that they happen upon it through an innocent internet search. But once that happens, the innocence is gone. And that's a sad thing. It can destroy marriages, friendships, and vocations. The pornography industry itself, it entices, it ensnares, and it abuses high-risk people in a multitude of ways. People directly involved in pornography productions are at high risk for all kinds of mental health issues and substance abuse problems. It's not a victimless crime. People are hurt by it. And most importantly, it's a serious sin, and it greatly harms our relationship with God. Now, that's the alarming statistic. That's the alarming situation. But secondly, I want to offer some practical steps to make your home a safe haven from these dangers. Step one is simple. Awareness, awareness, awareness. To be aware that it's out there and it's available. Understanding that this is out there and available and is likely a struggle for your child or your grandchild is a basic assumption that can go a long ways. It means that you can actually bring it up with them. Parents, parents, if today does reveal something surprisingly surprising about your home or your children, responding well, with understanding, with compassion, and yet to be focused on a solution and on ways to help your child in a, in a firm way, compassionate yet firm, can go a long way. But step one to doing that and addressing it is awareness. Second, please use measures to eliminate the entry point for this material into your home. Things typically travel the path of least resistance, especially something like this. They follow the path of least resistance. And so putting up obstacles, no matter how meager or simple they may seem, is not useless and it's not hopeless. Denying entry points can and does help. Talking about it can and does help. Imagine everyone. Imagine everyone that you, like me, are, are someone that reads the Bismarck Tribune every day, and you get up tomorrow morning, you get the Bismarck Tribune, and you read this on the front page. Porn shop opens in local school. Porn shop opens in local school. We would be outraged. We would pull our kids and we'd pull our money from that place. As shocking as that analogy is, as in your face as that analogy is, the fact is that any smartphone, tablet, or computer has immediate, anonymous, and free access to anything, including pornography. Search two words on Google, on Bing, on any search engine, boom, it's there. Even innocent searches can bring up unwanted pornographic stuff. These are not the days of even having to go outside your house and going to some sleazy store and having to look at someone as you buy a, a naughty video or magazine. This is a new thing. No money is required, no credit card, no name. You don't even have to leave the room. 
Times have changed and any iPhone or tablet or computer is a totally free and anonymous porn store right in our very homes. So step one is awareness. Step two, to deny access points. One other possible suggestion, and, and parents, this is your call, but this is just something that uh, I think might be helpful and you might consider. Whether a child is seven or is 17, simply asking them to turn in their devices each evening before bed is a huge step in the right direction. As much pushback as you'll get, I don't think you'll regret the results that you'll get. Phones simply aren't needed in the bedroom when they're at safe, in the home when you know where they're at. Phones simply aren't needed in the bedroom at bedtime. Anonymity is one reason why this has become such a huge problem. Keep the phone use at night public. Keep the phone use at night public. And I think it can go a long way to helping your child. And then last, on the advice portion, to you dads and to you grandfathers, I especially ask your help with this. Certainly this affects men and women, but the statistics say that young boys are particularly vulnerable. And so dads, grandfathers, your sons need to hear you say out loud, directly to them, pornography is not normal. Pornography is not a normal way of relating to women. Pornography is not a normal way of growing up. It's not a stage. It's not helpful for any kind of meaningful anything that they want out of their life. Again, this might be surprising, but pornography use has become so prevalent that in some corners, it is talked about as if it were normal and okay. I listen to sports radio a lot, and I've been surprised over the last just few years how very common sports radio podcasts and broadcasts can reference pornography as a joke and as if it's normal. It's just a part of your day. Dads, grandfathers, our sons need to hear us say out loud, directly, it's not normal. And they need to hear it, they can be treated in their social circles, if they're not familiar with it, they can be treated as if all of a sudden in backwards world that they're the weird one because they're not familiar or using pornography. We need to give them the confidence that it's the opposite. They need to hear it from you. Finally, I'm mindful that for many, this is not only a challenge for our young people, Many adults find themselves addicted or using it on a regular basis as well. I'd like to conclude by just offering three very brief and practical encouragements. First, the key word, freedom. Freedom. God created us for freedom. And no matter what circumstance we're in, freedom is possible. And making freedom our goal is possible. And achieving it is possible. We have to believe that. That's step one even in the area of pornography addiction. The very nature of sin is twofold. It's enslaving and it hurts us. This is certainly true of pornography, but it's equally true that the grace of God is real and that the word of God is living and effective. We have to believe that. Second, make sure you bring this sin to the sacrament of confession, especially before receiving Holy Communion. 
It's a grave sin and an offense. But don't worry. Confession is a place of mercy. This issue can bring up so much, so much shame and guilt, but it brings so much relief when you bring it to the light and the confessional and let Jesus in. All that shame and guilt, Jesus acts directly contrary to, and he gives freedom there. And so please don't be afraid to bring it, be afraid to bring it to confession. Third and last, please do something concrete and practical for your spiritual life. It's impossible to experience the freedom that God alone can give without a consistent and regular prayer life. Something concrete, that, something that's possible for you, something that you enjoy d- doing. It can be something as simple as reading on the gospel of the day, praying a daily rosary, coming to daily mass, come to confession on a regular basis, or just read a book, a good spiritual book that can nourish you. Again, there can be so much shame and guilt around this topic, but reinforcing that guilt and shame has not been the goal of this homily in any, any, any way. The goal here is that we would be proactive, that we would protect ourselves, our homes, and our kids, and that it would be less anonymous and less immediate. In order to make our homes safe, the parish has purchased one book for every family with children. The book is entitled Equipped, Smart Catholic Parenting in a Sexualized Culture. You'll find it in the gathering space following Mass. Please be sure to take one and to look through it. As a side note, I think our politicians need to hear that we're mad about this. We don't want pornography to be so immediate, anonymous, and free. It needs to be talked about in public discourse, and people need to know, politicians need to know that we're mad. Whatever is possible to do, we want change. But certainly for us, everyone, God has created us good, and he's created us for friendship. Real relationships. Real relationships. Nothing cheap and nothing fake. Real, lasting, committed relationships. That's what God wants for us. First, with the Blessed Trinity, and with our families, and with each other.